0: W-K-T-Y, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to W-K-T-Y Outdoors. Brought to you by Tony Ryerson at com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. And joining me on the phone right now is Tackle Terry Tuma. Good morning, Terry. How are you this morning?
1: Good morning, Kevin. I'm just great. Hopefully all our listeners are just the same. Yeah. Ready for open water fishing.
0: Yes, yes. We're finally we're finally there and uh how are how are conditions up there are you uh, you guys seeing a lot of high water up there right now
1: it's it's high but it's not near flood stage it's really from last fall kevin because we didn't have a ton of snow and then of course a little bit of rain but not a whole lot of rain mm-hmm. so we're high but not excessively high and uh many of the lakes in our areas on the lake we live on it's all free of ice went out overnight and so we're seeing about i think really a normal ice out you know conditions it's not real early it's not late it's about, to me it's about average
0: okay all right well that's uh that's 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 good to hear that's good to hear uh we're looking at yeah we're looking at uh uh the river kicking up to uh a little over 12 feet by uh uh next weekend unfortunately down here but we got to. We got to deal with the spring melt, I guess, at some point. So, try and get it that's all out of the way.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, there's always those issues, you know, with the river system, and what we're dealing with here too will be all that snow melt coming up from the northern parts of the states.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, one of the things that, uh, and uh, I, I, we'll uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, this morning here and. Uh, is uh, of course, uh, now that we do have the open water season is, uh, you, you gotta have something to, uh, uh, get out on the water on, uh, unless you, uh, unless you like to fish from shore, which is, which is fine. But, uh, uh, you know, getting a boat is, uh, uh, obviously a, uh, a big thing for, uh, for a lot of people. And, uh, let, us talk, Terry, uh, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, about picking a boat and obviously, uh um, like many things, like fishing tackle, or rods, reels, whatever, uh, there are an incredible number of choices out there.
1: Yeah, there really are, Kevin. There's no question about that. I think for a couple of first ingredients that we need to really uh, take a look at is, one, uh, do you want a glass boat, fiberglass boat, or do you want aluminum? That's number one. Number two is finding a reputable dealer, uh, one that has a very, very good service department. And don't buy just price alone because then in the long run you're going to say to yourself I wish I would have done this I wish that I would have done that so not just only price but along with that we have to buy a boat that we can afford.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly and, and how much you know I, I guess really what are the, the differences between uh, between fiberglass and aluminum I mean is there a lot of uh, a lot of difference?
1: Well Price-wise, today there isn't that much of a difference, Kevin. But the biggest factor here is uh, fiberglass is going to be a heavier boat. There's no question about that that, uh, versus aluminum. Generally, in the North Country, aluminum is a little bit more, shall we say, durable than fiberglass. Yeah. But, you know, if you're fishing the big river systems and so forth, then you're going to see a lot of glass boats. You see a lot of glass boats in many, many locations, uh, but it's really up to the individual. I think more so, you know, deciding on if you want glass or if you want aluminum, a glass is going to ride uh, much smoother because of the weight of the boat. And many times they're really decked out, um, shall we say, uh, you know, more of a, a appearance a getter or looker, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then, on the other hand, aluminum boats have come a long ways too. So it's really going to be dependent upon the individual which way they do want to choose. And the other factor too, Kevin, is what size of a boat do I want?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can <laughs> big, you know, small, large. Uh, what take your pick? It doesn't, uh, you know. And again, you know, I, I would think too that that would kind of. Uh, where you're going to be fishing you know if you're going to be doing a lot of like a lot of backwater fishing and uh places like that where you're going to maybe have to you know contend with maybe some narrow channels and uh certainly you know places where um you don't need a a, a big draft or anything like that you know maybe a smaller boat is the uh, the way to go
1: yeah it really is I, I you know here again we have to really weigh uh, i think what we really have to take a look at is do i fish big waters do i fish small waters Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest factor. but a lot of times small waters don't have the greatest depth as far as a public access but here again too you know you hear so much same thing with boat trailers you hear so many comments about roller versus bunk but here too is that we need to really match the type of waters that we're going to be fishing. If you're fishing a lot of big waters, you maybe want to take a strong look at, at a fiberglass boat. If you're fishing a lot of small waters, uh, then you can also look at aluminum boats. But here again, Today, there's a big crossover for boats. You have large aluminum boats. uh, You have uh, small glass boats. So it's really going to be a little bit upon the individual, not only the waters, but we need to take a strong look at uh, the style of fishing, the type of fishing, the species we most usually pursue. And then what I really feel is a very, very much of a factor is, you know, is the storage, what kind of storage do we have? That's a big deal today. You know, uh, how many rods does it hold? That's one of the first questions that they're asked. Where can I put all my tackle? Do we have tackle uh, storage in the boat itself, or do we have to use tackle bags only? Uh, These are some of the factors. You know, then do you want a bubble windshield? Do you want a single console? Or do you want a full windshield? These are also ingredients that we have to take a look at, depending on the style of fishing we're
0: doing. Yeah, and it, exactly, you know, and I'm I'm thinking maybe like having a you know if I'm going to be fishing big water and and moving around on a a, a bigger lake, uh, maybe having that full windshield is uh, is worth the uh, worth the price.
1: Is, you know, and I agree with you 100%. The only uh, downfall, and I don't run a full windshield, Kevin, we mm-hmm. run dual bubbles okay. on one of the boats. Uh, and the reason being we do a lot of casting for bass fishing, also for walleyes, and that were, uh, dual bubble really comes into play because it's not as high. Uh, so that's something else that we have to take a look at. But you're absolutely right, though, too, is that if you're running big waters constantly with uh, fishing pack, uh, partner with you, then, of course, uh, the uh, full windshield is is a plus factor. But here again, it really depends on the individual uh, themselves. You know, the bass boats, if you're looking at a, a ranger or a skeeter bass boat, uh, then, of course, it's many times, if it's uh, strictly bass, it's going to be a dual bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here again, too, it really, I think it depends so much on what the uh, the species that Uh, people are fishing for small water big water
0: yep exactly and 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 you 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 kind of touched on 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 this point as well uh about you know being tricked out what are some of the things i you know you know and, and again there's so many different kinds of boats out there um you can really customize those boats to to pretty much whatever you want with within reason of course
1: Oh, yeah, you sure can. Uh, there's no question about that whatsoever, you know, with your electronics and with your uh, trolling motor, with, uh, if you want a, a small kicker motor, if you want, uh, you know, the size of your motors. And one thing I, I do want to comment on that I think is so important for us, instead of saving, trying to save dollars, Go with the maximum horsepower that the boat is rated for. Uh, you're going to get much better performance. And then if you decide to sell it or trade it, that's also a big plus mm. factor. Uh, the other that so often we don't uh, take a look at is, you know, the rear battery compartment, wherever the batteries are at, You know, is there enough room to really maneuver and get in there to charge your batteries or to remove them? And the other two that so often we just sort of ignore, sit in the driver's seat and see is there enough leg room and can you easily read those gauges. That's another uh, factor. Uh, as I mentioned, rod holders, grain holders are all uh, uh, much of a big, big factor. And then taking a look at the outside construction, you know, is it wavy, is it smooth? These are just some of the ingredients that so often we don't take a look at.
0: Mm-hmm. And and one thing I, I did want to ask about it, it, I I don't know if you could really, I suppose you could consider it sort of an option, but uh, um, certainly something that uh, uh, I, I think would, would be of importance is, uh, is that live well as well.
1: It really is. You know, uh, most of the boats today, because of customer demand, have two live wells. Uh, one can have a live well that you can also use as a cooler, but by uh, putting ice in that cooler. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually that would be the front one. A bait well, and then, of course, like you said, a rear light well is sort of the... um most of the boats have that today, but yes, you want to make sure, you know. And then what kind of an aeration system does it have? Do you have an auto uh, where it uh, kicks off and on? These are just some of the uh, other ingredients. The other thing, too, Kevin, is that, you know, if you do a lot of bass fishing or a lot of casting, let's say a lot of casting, do you have a casting platform in the front of the boat, mm-hmm. in the rear of the boat? Another, because if you don't have, or if you've got a real small casting platform in the front, that becomes a Major negative uh, under uh, certain conditions of casting crankbaits or fishing for bass or or for walleys or whatever. Wherever you do a lot of casting, I think it's so much of a factor. And then the other two is making sure that the seats are accommodating.
0: Yeah, exactly. You want <laughs> if if you're going to be uh, out on the water for any length of time, yeah, you want to uh, you want someplace comfortable to sit. There's no doubt about that.
1: And the other two, I think, you know, if you have a tow vehicle that save a smaller tow vehicle, you don't necessarily want to be pulling a big, big boat behind you because you're mm-hmm. going to cut down on the efficiency and performance of that tow vehicle.
0: Well, and the other the other thing I, I wanted to touch on, too, you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, a smaller platform in the front. Uh, one other thing, too, that, uh, uh, you know, should be a consideration, too, are you going to put some kind of a trolling motor out front uh, as well? And, and obviously you're going to need... Uh, room for that not something that you you know you want to be tripping over or you know having to contend with when you're uh you know you're sitting in the front there
1: well that's exactly right and the other thing when you're talking about trolling motors too do you want a 24 volt do you want a 36 volt and here again it's going to depend on the style of your fishing uh, that you're doing and the weight of the boat that you're going to be purchasing so there's a, a just a ton of uh, Factors here. The other two that I think so often we hear about, and especially maybe more so with uh, people that have a boat and they're considering replacing batteries, do not go with the most inexpensive battery. Uh, it's again something that's extremely, extremely important for the angler.
0: Oh, exactly. And um, you know, even uh, I, I know we've had some some major bass tournaments down here too, where and guys have run into problems with their batteries, and you know. Down here, well, and, and really anywhere when you're out on the water, getting stranded out there is not uh, not really the best <laughs> the best of uh, things to have happen to you.
1: No, you know, and and Kevin, that's exactly. I had uh, one on a smaller boat, which is a sixteen and a half, and that's uh, uh, just a straight boat, no uh, council, just a tiller boat. Mm-hmm. And I had some issues with uh, the starting. Uh, it would just act like a starter cell. I turned the key on or the ignition on, and it would just click one time. So I thought for sure I had some starting problem issues. Well, guess what? It was nothing more than a battery. The dealer was sort of surprised to even uh, think about it, but he thought, too, it could have been a starter selling or something. For just one click, i have to turn the key off and turn it back on, then it would kick in, then it would engage. So, And here it was just strictly a battery. So here again, too, if your battery is a little bit older, if it doesn't test the greatest, replace it before you get on the water.
0: Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, getting stranded in the, the backwaters or out in the middle of a lake somewhere is uh, uh, not... Uh, not a good. Fortunately, most people these days have cell phones, but even you know, back in the day, there that uh, uh, usually meant a uh, a long wait or a, <laughs> until somebody came along that could give you a tow back to back to shore.
1: That's exactly right. You know, and here again too, look, you know, how many times have you seen and we've seen where people unload their, especially opening weekends or you know mm-hmm. early spring fishing, uh, where people unload their boats and doesn't start. Mm-hmm. You know, and so many times is dirty battery connection, a dead battery, or a poor battery. So here again, that's something else we should really take a look at. Is your boat prepared to be launched?
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, it's just it's it, it is so critical to uh, uh, not only you know getting you started and getting out on the water, but you know just taking care of you know getting all the other things that uh, that are needed, all the electronics, and making sure all of that is uh, uh, you know good to go as well.
1: Yeah, it really is. I call it, and this is a prime time to do that, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I call it the layover time frame. Uh where you have from between ice out and open water if you're not pursuing. you know, of course the river's is uh, different of uh with uh with uh restrictions and so forth or with the laws of fishing boundary waters, but here again, too, if you're fishing, say, inland lakes or crappie fishing and so forth, this is really, I call it, like I said, a layover time. This is a wonderful opportunity to check out your boat, your fishing tackle, uh, going through all those items. Uh, it's, a, it's a great time to occupy time and still think fishing.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Well, I tell you what, Terry. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and then uh, let's come back and 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 talk a little bit about uh, some actual fishing. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, some uh, some early season crappie fishing. And uh, so uh, we'll take a break, and I'll be back in just a couple of moments here. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Uh, take a break. Come back in a moment with more with uh, with Terry here in just a couple of seconds on WKTY Outdoors on ninety six seven FM five eighty AM. WKTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait, your hometown bait shop on Arthur Street in Toma. Some people have a summer home. Ask me, this winter home is way better. Sure, it looks like a shack, but it's on the water. Keeps the cold out, plenty of seats. Just watch out for the bucket butt. And the fish are biting thanks to Roscoe's Live Bait. They're like my ice fishing interior decorator and accessorizer. The moral of the story is, it's okay to call your ice shanty your second home, and Jigs to Gear Roscoe's Live Bait and Toma is your ice fishing headquarters. Buy any rod and reel, get a free line setup. Roscoe's—it's where everyone goes.
1: Midwest family, helping your business thrive with integrated marketing solutions, putting you top of mind. Get your sales growth in motion with Midwest
0: family.
1: Your systematic
0: solution
1: for measurable
0: marketing results. Midwest family. If you cheer for the Packers, Brewers, or Bucks, don't miss the Bill Michaels Show. So, uh, Chris
1: Middleton hasn't been the last couple of games. Uh, You rely a little bit more on Eric Bledsoe, but, you know, the the team didn't score 100. But even in games in which they've looked at times flawed, they're figuring out ways to win and figuring out ways to win in dominant fashion. I mean, it, it... I keep telling you, I was listening to, uh, and you know how it is out here in Phoenix because they have Planet Orange and they have shows dedicated to the the Phoenix Suns. And I'm listening coming in today, and they're talking about, uh, well, you know, the Bucs are a good team, but you know they're not a championship team. And we all know Giannis
0: is leaving, and they can't get it done with Bledsoe, and they still rip Bledsoe out here, and they can't get it done with Bledsoe. He's never going to. Pro- I mean, on and on and on. I I I guess you're still a team that talk Wisconsin sports with a big unit weekdays from 11 to. on WKTY. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. It's coming up on 841. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. And joining me on the phone here this morning is uh, Tackle Terry Tuma, and I've uh, been talking a little bit about uh, about boats, but uh, and and getting out on the water and getting out in the boat is a, a good thing, but uh, uh, maybe even a little bit better is uh, if you're going to head out there and do a little fishing is uh, is coming back with the uh, with some fish. So <laughs> there's uh, no doubt about that. So Terry, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, early early crappie here. Uh, what, uh, what sort of things, uh, I, I guess, and we, we've talked a little bit about conditions here this morning, uh, what, what sort of things are you looking for, uh, and maybe where you're looking for, uh, for those crappie to be hanging out?
1: Well, first of all, Kevin, I think to clarify uh, the locations is we have three moments in the spring. We have ice held which is taking place right now in many of the southern part of the state, uh, and then also we have pre-spawn and then spawn. So many times I hear the comment, "Well, the croppies are coming into spawn," not. True, they're coming in to feed, and right now we'll talk about ice outcroppies. Uh They're moving into the shallows. Uh, bays can be very, very productive, and also too in the bays. What we have to look for is any dead weed growth, if you will. Uh, it can be, you know, it could be old cabbage or whatever. And what that does, it actually. Uh, Absorbs the sun, and then here comes the food sources, and the crop is coming to follow that. And this can be anywhere from, say, one to five feet. And generally speaking, we're going to have that water temperature or something in the area of 39 to 42, 43 degrees. Then once it starts to warm up into the 50 degree range, they're going to then uh, start to move again. but so I should retract when, he, uh, when we hit those mid-40s to upper 50s, mid-50s, then we're going to see one moment. That will be what we will call pre-spawn. And crappies do not spawn until we have the temperatures of the high 50s to low 70s.
0: Okay, yeah. And, and uh, this morning here I'm looking, and, and we've got temperatures kind of in that 42, 43-degree range. Uh, in a lot of places on the river, obviously it, it's probably going to be a, maybe a degree or two warmer in some of the backwater areas, the shallower areas here. But uh, um, so yeah, we're right uh, right at the I, I guess at the, the maybe the bottom end of that temperature range.
1: Yes, we really are. And here again too, these fish can, you know, as I mentioned, can be extremely shallow. Use poroid grasses to identify those exact location where those crappies are and then the biggest ingredient here in, in catching these fish they are extremely spooky mm-hmm. uh, at this time of the year and so it's going to be using stealth, if you will long rods uh, micro jigs with plastics very productive uh, if you're using a bobber system then you want to use a smaller bobber you want to avoid any splash and a key ingredient here of course, you can be your layer line, but also very long rods, if you will. Uh, and we use many times rods that are nine to 11 feet in length, uh, attached to a spinning reel. And you can, I just call it dipping where you can just drop that jig and that bobber into those specific locations. And again, what we have to really understand these fish are so spooky, any kind of noise will, uh, turn those fish either at different locations or most of the time they'll just create log jaw.
0: Yeah, and and uh, yeah, that's uh, and and certainly uh, I, I've seen that uh, I've seen that happen. And, and you were talking about like micro jigs and things like that. So you're really not. Uh, you can kind of still keep a little bit of that ice fishing tackle uh, out for uh, for use at least early on here in the season.
1: Yeah, you really can. Uh, you can uh, use, uh, for instance, tungsten jigs are ideal for this but they're a small profile but a little bit heavier. And then you can go to, you know, just small jig, you know, very small jigs, 64 pounds, for instance, and even maybe a spec uh, heavier. But here again, too, is really this stealth game that we're playing with, and plastic can work extremely, extremely well. But, you know, if if you are are not real sure about plastics, yes, crappie minnows can be extremely productive, too. The best scenario is to take both with, minnows and then also plastics but do not be afraid of using plastics but if you're using plastics you want to use plastics that have are a smaller profile and have subtle movement you don't want uh, uh plastic on the jig that's going to provide a lot of movement that will turn off those fish
0: mm-hmm. yep and again uh you know uh, a lot of those uh smaller plastics anyway for ice fishing have kind of you know have kind of those subtle motions that that kind of work with the current such as it is and uh, are definitely, uh, and again, too, I mean, it's something that the fish are used to seeing this time of year, too.
1: Is and that's something we have to take a look at. What we need to remember, just like with ice fishing, as you mentioned, is that the fish's metabolism slow down to the cold water. And once we start to see that water start uh, really starting to increase in temperature, then we're going to start these fish feed more aggressively. And then, too, when we start to see that movement into pre spawn and spawn. Then we're dealing with a little bit more aggressive fish, a little different locations, and maybe even considering a little bit of a larger profile, a little bit more movement.
0: And are they going to, as, as they get closer to the spawn, are they going to be moving into deeper water? or Are they going to kind of stay in that, uh, the, the, those shallower areas at, uh, for a while yet?
1: Well, it really depends on the body water that we're fishing. Yes, yeah. uh, generally speaking, the smaller lakes, uh, the shallow bays, we've had some great success in channels or areas that are offer you know sort of combined temperature and bottom content. You know, creek outlets can be extremely good at that current edge, also extremely productive. And what we do need to remember, though, Kevin, is that uh, with with these uh, pre spawn, now I should also mention on larger lakes reeds. Reed flats are extremely productive, but they have to have sand bottoms. And then many times the spawners, will many times, stay in those spots. But what we have to really understand here then is that these fish still are somewhat spooky before they start to spawn.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, it's uh, they'll uh, they'll they'll hang out there as well. You mentioned uh, uh, creeks as well. Uh, and certainly it's it's going to be different on lakes versus uh, uh you know the, a closed body of water versus say a river system where you know you've got those little feeder creeks and those little feeder streams in there uh and certainly those places are going to be uh uh very productive with this time of year with all sorts of things getting washed into uh, uh the larger body of water and certainly crappies are going to be hanging out there and uh other species of course as well but uh, you know, what what i guess really if 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 you could maybe just sort of highlight maybe what to look for even on like a, a closed lake that doesn't necessarily have uh, you know a feeder stream or something like that where uh that kind of a sort food source, or i should say uh, place for them to go anyway uh, is, is is located what are you looking for again on on those lakes
1: well, what you're really looking for, you know, right now all the way up into uh, the spawn time frame is uh shallower areas with uh, decaying weeds, uh, very, very, generally speaking, one to five feet of water. But here again, too, uh, we have to understand these fish are not spawning, and once the spawn uh, really starts to take place, the, we'll call it the pre-spawn, uh, which is going to be in that, you know, 45, 55 degree range, uh, then these fish will make another movement into shall- the shallower-based channels uh, But we have to also tie in the temperature and the bottom content. And that bottom content, generally speaking, is what we will call sort of loam areas uh, with, you know, sandy, not a firm sand bottom like on large bodies of water, Mm -hmm. but sort of uh, that sandy loam. And these fish, again, what I should mention is this is a primometer. Opportunity to use your electronic uh you know if it's a hummingbird or whatever it may be, use that temperature gauge to monitor the surface temperature uh we've seen in the past where you can be fishing in an area where it's got maybe it it's uh Forty-two degrees in one location, and then forty-four degrees hundred feet away. Those crappies will be in that forty-four degree range. They mm-hmm. will uh, relate that much to that bottom sun. Also, is a big factor. Wherever that water uh, tends to warm up quicker, that's where these fish are going to be. There's too much of a uh, uh, should we say input on north bot of uh, north bays with dark bottom do they warm up quick the problem with that yes they do the problem is that there's 50 boats in that specific location mm-hmm. that we need to avoid
0: yeah yeah and uh you know there are other places to uh to check out too uh certainly and 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 yeah i would agree that uh, you know even it it doesn't sound like a lot you know 42 to 44 it doesn't sound like a lot and it really probably doesn't wouldn't to us anyway feel a great deal of difference but it really does make a difference to those fish
1: Yeah, it really does, you know, and here again, it's water temperature, you know, we've had some great success with sandy shorelines where the sun is beating, windward shorelines where it's, you know, not real windy, but also those fish are, it's, they're going to seek any place that's a little bit warmer. Again, uh, they're starting to feed heavily um, in preparation for the spawn period, uh, and this is a time frame where we do need to practice catch and release. I should mention that, Kevin, mm-hmm. because taking 12- to 14-inch crop is a limit of them every single day. is not good for the fishery
0: itself. Oh, not to mention it's a lot of work having to clean all those fish, too, for that matter. But, yeah, definitely, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you're finding those those fish, uh yeah. Have some fun, enjoy catching them, but, uh, but put them back and and uh, let them do their thing and and let maybe somebody else catch them another day.
1: That's exactly right. Or, you know, you can take a few home to provide a meal. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't overfish these areas. I've done a seminar in Iowa, and uh, this was uh, sunfish, and a couple of anglers came up to me and said, we've been catching these big uh, monster sunfish uh, for I don't know how long. In the same location, then we went back there, and we couldn 't catch a fish well, and they were wondering what happened, well what really happened is they fished them out
0: mm-hmm. yep exactly exactly and uh it's uh there's no point in uh taking a limit every time you you head out that's uh, um not necessary, I guess is is no. maybe the, the the bottom line there. Uh, I, I guess Terry, uh, maybe to uh, to to kind of wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, anything else that 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 uh, anglers should be thinking about, or, or you know when they're uh, when they're headed out to uh, to check out the uh, uh, maybe do a little crappie fishing here.
1: Well, the big I think one thing too is making sure. You know, if you're going to anchor, make sure that you drop that anchor real, real slowly in the water. You have to avoid noise, uh, especially in the shallow water locations. And then, two, it's just, you know, provide, you know, if you're using an electric towing motor, don't turn it off and on constantly. That's going to be a change in that. A noise column, and so keep it on low speed, and then uh, you know, just practice stealth. I think that's also a factor. On a sunny day where you have shadowing, that can also shoot mm-hmm. those fish. So there's something that we have, you know, we really have to take a look at. It's amazing you can see these fish uh, with your glass, porter glass, or even if it's clear out, and you're really dialing on those specific locations, if they're hanging around some of those wheat growth areas is, you, it's just amazing how just uh, more moving that rod, how it can affect those fish. So that's why it's so important. Make long casts uh, to pinpointed areas. You know, fishing reed areas or wherever these fish are at, try to pinpoint those casts. Just don't cast at random. Because, again, that excessive uh, splashing in the water will spook fish.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly, and yeah, you touched on a couple of points that uh, uh, I, I did want to make as well. Well, Terry, I'm going to uh, let you go here. I've got to take another break and uh, wrap the show up for this Saturday, but uh, I certainly appreciate uh, I appreciate you taking the time, and we will uh, uh, talk to you again uh, next week. We'll talk a little bit. I think maybe let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, walleyes next week and, and early season walleye fishing.
1: Sounds great. Love to do that, Kevin.
0: All right, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again here next week. Thanks, Terry. Uh, thank you. Yep. Bye bye. And that is uh, Tackle Terry Tuma here on WKTY Outdoors. We'll take a break and uh, come back and wrap up the show for another Saturday. Stay tuned, more coming up on WKTY 967 FM, 5:80 a.m. It's 8:54. WKTY Outdoors brought to you by Roscoe's Live Bait, your hometown bait shop on Arthur Street in Toma. Dutch Boy's new Platinum Plus paint with Stain Shield technology has the performance you expect from a luxury paint at a price you didn't. Platinum Plus is up to 50% more washable and stain resistant than a leading premium paint in satin sheen. Superiority ranges from 24 to 50% depending on sheen selected. Platinum Plus keeps your walls looking new longer. Menards and Dutch Boy paint have you covered. Go ahead, live your life. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Savings or mail-in rebate. See store for details. Hi, I'm Jim from SignPro. And I'm Ryan Ristey, General Manager, Maury's, Lacrosse Volkswagen, Audi. Our biggest challenge at Maury's was to build our brand in a colorful way, in a unique way. Ryan
1: has a really good point. There's a lot more to branding than just what you say. The colors, the size, and the location of the sign is important, inside and out. Yeah, I
0: did put a a nice raised letter sign in the customer lounge to appreciate our technicians.
1: Something as simple as a sign on the wall can not only build your brand, but can also build your
0: employees' pride. SignPro's got a great reputation. Just like that sign I put in our lounge, I knew I wanted SignPro to do it. You can tell they're proud of what they do and it really shows in the product that's on the wall or outside on the building. I'm very impressed with them. So if you want to build your brand and build your employees' pride, work with a company that takes pride in doing that.
1: Go to a pro. Sign pro seven eight two three four five six.
0: Yes, spring will come. Get a jump start at Ace of Lacrosse. Go ahead, start thinking about the windows open, the sun shining, and a yard full of flowers. Think about the smell of clean, fresh air in your home. At Ace, they have everything you need to get ready. New soil, starter flowers, cleaning supplies. Don't want to spend the afternoon shopping? Order online and pick up in-store. And for great tips on getting spring ready, go to Ace of Lacrosse on Facebook. Ace of Lacrosse on Mormon Cooley Road, your place to get ready for spring. If you're a sports fan, you can't afford to miss the Dan Patrick Show on WKTY. You know, case study here, he did everything right in front of you. And that wasn't good enough for people. And they wanted to have Mitchell Trubisky, who didn't do everything right in front of us. Or Daniel Jones didn't do everything right in front of us. The guy who did everything, and then you go, yeah. You know, but this guy over here has got a whole lot of potential. Maybe Jordan Love is going to be great. It almost seems like we talk ourselves into something because of that word potential. Well, I, th- I think you're right. I think that goes on every year. You know, you you do hear that. There's no doubt about that. And people get lost in evaluating the wrong things, and that's where sometimes you do you do get bust at certain positions because somebody, some evaluator, got fascinated with something, and you go, oh, that's great, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being a good player. You know, Jordan Love, you're right. Don't miss the Dan Patrick Show weekday mornings, nine to eleven on W. WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. be a little cold for catfish in there but uh, hey what the heck uh welcome back to wkty outdoors on wkty 96.7 FM 580 a.m I'm Kevin Millard thank you for joining me on the program this morning here got just a, a few moments uh uh left to go in the program here so uh, again uh, if you're gonna be uh, heading out I wouldn't uh wouldn't hesitate too long if you wanted to get out and do a little uh do a little fishing today we got some Rain in the forecast later on, and looks like it's going to kind of linger through the uh, rest of the day and on into tomorrow as well. So might as well make the most of it while you can. Get out there and get some fresh air. Saw some ducks flying over this morning on the way in. It was uh, it was nice to uh, nice to get outdoors and breathe a little fresh air. So hope you get the opportunity to uh, uh, do that practicing, of course, all the, uh, necessary things that, uh, we need to do these days. So social distancing and, uh, uh, all of that and staying, uh, you know, six feet away from folks. And it's a little easier to do that when you're fishing. I, I, I it, I don't necessarily want somebody right on top of me when I'm, uh, when I'm out fishing. So that's, uh, that's, uh, it's, it's, I guess I was practicing social distancing when it wasn't cool. So that's that's okay. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to wrap the show up for this Saturday. Again, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Tackle Terry Tuma will join me next week on the show, and we'll talk river walleyes, among other things. So we'll always have plenty to talk about when, uh, when we get Terry on the show here. So until then, you have yourself a tremendous week. Stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. Wisconsin. Wisconsin Sports yeah. League. WKTY Lacrosse. 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Hey.